First of all, you'll have to get into Fairyland, which is sometimes easy, but most of the time impossible. Then you can bring him back, but only if he has not eaten or drunk anything. And I mean anything. Not one bite of a fairy cake or one sip of dew. If he has, then he'll have to stay. For how long? Forever. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Bad Princess Movie Podcast. This is the podcast that seeks to catalogue all of the terrible movies about princesses and princesses to be. I am Christy and I'm here with my friend and co-host Bree. Why, hello there. <laughs> We got oh. some energy coming in to this episode. Sorry, go ahead. Yes, we are we are two very tired uh mid thirty year olds because life is hard <laughs> right now. And we're 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 gonna bring you this movie. Yeah. Called What's the movie? Yeah. It's called Fairies. This it's is called this Fairies. Is, oh, this is a hold on. It was a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> this is a... <sighs> okay, I, um, yeah, Bree and I are very tired. <laughs> We're both just, for various life reasons, we are very, very sleepy and yeah. just exhausted in our souls. But we're here. We're here to talk to you about fairies. F- fairies, spelt the fun way, F-A-E-R-I-E-S. Fairies. Fancy, fancy. But yes. We will. We are bringing you this, this movie in our sleep-deprived states, <laughs> because because we care. So strap in for this energy. <laughs> it um, may fade out over time, but this is where we're at right now. Yes, it does not help that this movie is not the most exciting one we have covered. I <laughs> definitely. Didn't start playing Picross in the last five to ten minutes <laughs> while I was watching this film because I was kind of bored. I'm honestly surprised it took you that long. Like, that <laughs> it was only the last five to ten minutes. Like, that's, that's- I was trying. I was trying to keep it together because I'm like, you know, I'm tired. Work's been a lot. I'm just sleepy. You know, I got I got stuff to do. Uh, but I'm gonna I'm going to watch this film. I'm gonna make notes. We're gonna talk about it. We're gonna have a nice time on the podcast. I'm gonna have a good time. I'm gonna try and concentrate. Yeah, <laughs> I did yeah. my best, Christy. <laughs> yes, no, yes, I appreciate it. Um, I mean, the main reason, <laughs> main reason why I kind of wanted to talk about this film on the podcast is that this is another film where I, I think I really like the potential of this movie. Yes. Um, I didn't really, I didn't really realize it until I watched this movie that. I think I have a hankering for, like, a nice, good fairy film. Um, one where, like, the fairies are kind of, like, trickster jerks. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, like, there is some stuff that I really enjoyed about this film, and that's, that's like, a big part of it is, like, this is not, like, the 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 fairies that are in, like, a lot of, you know, kids' movies and stuff. It's This is more along the lines of, I feel like, traditional fae folk tales where they're like 
they're these like weird mystical creatures that like have their own sets of rules and you don't like you can't eat their food and it's mm-hmm. yeah they're like yeah. tricksters if you if you break their rules then it has serious repercussions and it's yeah i i, I realized after the fact that um it's probably ties into my love of labyrinth because it's kind of ah, yes a similar thing there where it's you know you say you accidentally summon the goblin king to take away your baby brother and he holds you to that and now you yep. get to go on a wonderful adventure through a magical <laughs> land with some really cool jim henson puppets yeah and it's great and i yeah. love it um and this movie definitely has shades of that yeah um but it just doesn't quite get there. There's, I think it's, this is one of those movies where it is um, just all around not quite there. The stories, the char- the story, the characters, the, uh, the animation, and the general <laughs> visual appearance of the film. I, I am so of two minds on the visual appearance of this film. Uh, Mm -hmm. And we can get into it later, but, like, I kind of love it. Yeah. But, like, in a a weird way in that it doesn't look good, but I still love it. There, there is a charm uh, to it for sure. I have some of my specifics that I really like about it as well. And, and yeah, like, this is the thing that there are things to like about this movie. Um, yeah, there's just a lot to also dislike. Uh huh. Oh. But Christy, do you wanna do you wanna give us a, a a summary of this film? Do you wanna tell us what what it's about? Yes, let's get in. Let's get into the summary so we can get into the real meat and potatoes discussion of uh, fairies. The the movie what fairies. Like there's that? there's just, no just fairies. It, it's, it feels like there should be a subtitle. It feels like there should be something else to the title, but it's just fairies. Yeah, yeah. A little. I mean, it fits, but it's also incredibly generic. Um, yeah. But yes, let's get into the summary for fairies. The film begins and we are introduced to Nellie and her younger brother George, two siblings who have been sent to a farm in the country for a holiday. While George is enjoying the experience, Nellie is completely against spending time on the farm and wants to return home as soon as possible. Oh, why are you so grumpy? Because I don't want to go day in the country while we move house. I want to go home. I don't care if I have to sleep on the floor because my bed's all packed up, and that's exactly what I'm going to write in my letter to Mum. But now we just got here. Come on, let's go out and explore. You go, George. I'm writing to Mum. I'm not going to go by myself. It won't be as much fun. Do that later, please. Oh, all right. Let's go. While walking through the woods, these siblings are followed by a strange crow, who upon seeing George reveal that he has a webbed foot, excitedly begins to recite a prophecy that seems to reference George and Nellie. Two human children from Upperware. One foot webbed, flaming hair. When they appear, the time is near. 
While playing hide-and-seek, George disappears after crossing through a ring of mushrooms surrounding a large oak. Soon after, the crow reveals he is a shapeshifter, and he transforms into an old man who tells Nellie that she and George are the chosen ones destined to help him. Ignoring the shapeshifter, Nellie runs back to the farm thinking George may be hiding there. Returning to their room, she finds not George, but a hobgoblin named Broom. Broom tells Nellie that George is away with the fairies, and that Nellie must go to Fairyland to retrieve him. But Nellie can only bring George back if he has not eaten or drankin- drankin- <laughs> drankin. Yeah, I've been drankin. <laughs> but Nellie can only bring George back if he has not eaten or drank anything from Fairyland. If George has consumed anything in Fairyland, he'll be trapped there forever. Nellie and Broom enter the forest and find the old oak encircled by mushrooms, which Broom explains is a fairy ring and the entrance to Fairyland. Nellie crosses the fairy ring, and she is transported into Fairyland, where she is shrunk down to the size of a fairy. There she spots George among the fairies, but she is too late to prevent him from eating some fairy cake. Thankfully for George, the fairy prince Albrecht arrives, and after consulting his royal orb, finds that George can leave Fairyland if he and Nellie complete three tasks. Humans who partake of fairy fare must never dwell otherwhere. Hmm, exactly. I have not finished. Nevertheless, there be a remedy in the form of Lapes Three. What does that mean? It means I can let you leave Fairyland if you will agree to complete three tasks. Three tasks? I think we can do that. Good. Because if you cannot, the boy will immediately be taken to live with us here. Forever. Those are the rules. The prince allows George and Nellie to leave Fairyland and return to the farm, telling them that their first task will be given to them the next day, and that they must tell no one what is going on. The next morning, as George and Nellie are headed back to the Fairy Oak, they run into the farmhand Bridget and Bridget's heavily pregnant friend Helen. Helen leaves, but Bridget invites herself along to the Fairy Oak, with Nellie and George unable to convince her otherwise. When they arrive at the Fairy Oak, Prince Albrecht immediately falls in love with Bridget, revealing that there is a prophecy that he is to wed a beauteous Bridget, and that he is sure that the human Bridget is the Bridget in question. Uh, now, your first task is to collect... Your first task will be to bring Bridget into Fairyland so I can ask her to marry me. All of this is heard by a goblin, who reports back to the shapeshifter from before. It turns out that the shapeshifter is actually the fairy prince's evil brother, and the prophecy he spoke of is one that he believes will help him take over the throne. The goblin from before reports back to the shapeshifter that the prince has fallen in love with a human woman named Bridget. We learn that there is also a fairy princess named Bridget, who was assumed to be the one the fairy prince would marry. The shapeshifter begins plotting how to use this turn of events to his advantage. Meanwhile, Nellie and George convince Bridget to cross the fairy ring and bring her to meet the fairy prince. Prince Albrecht immediately proposes marriage, which requires Bridget to give up her former life and become a fairy. Bridget almost immediately agrees, and so, <laughs> and so Prince Albrecht gives Nellie and George their second task, make Bridget's wedding veil using spider silk. As preparations for the wedding begin, the shapeshifter and his goons capture Prince Albrecht. The shapeshifter transforms into the prince and goes to meet fairy princess Bridget. While disguised, the shapeshifter insults Bridget and goads her into declaring war. Your kingdom obviously needs a man. I will do you all a royal favor and take it. 
Never. And who's going to stop me? I am. Is the little lady declaring war? So be it. The two fairy kingdoms begin to fight, and in all the commotion, George happens across the real fairy prince Albrecht and frees him. The real prince confronts the fake one, and Nellie ends up using the spider silk they collected for the veil to lasso the shapeshifter, although he immediately breaks free and flies off. With the deception revealed, Prince Albrecht and Fairy Princess Bridget make amends, with Princess Bridget even providing the human Bridget a wedding dress. Prince Albrecht and Bridget are married, Bridget becomes a fairy, and the prince declares that Nellie and George's second task has been completed. George and Nellie return to the farm, where there is news about Bridget's friend Helen, who just gave birth. Knowing Bridget will want to see the baby, Nellie and George return to the fairy oak later that night. Sneaking Bridget in their pocket, Nellie and George go to visit Helen. They get some alone time with the baby, which is interrupted by the shapeshifter who manages to steal the baby. In exchange for the baby's safe return, the shapeshifter demands that he be brought the royal orb. He flies off, taking the baby with him back to his lair. Returning to Fairyland, it is now late at night and the fairies are all sleeping. Not wanting to wake the prince, the group simply take the royal orb and bring it to the shapeshifter's lair. Having been given the orb, the shapeshifter returns the baby and all seems well. That is, until returning to Fairyland, where we see that the other fairies are growing older and older. Unlike you, we are hundreds of years old. The magic of the orb gives us our youth and beauty. If it is not in our possession, we will all experience. Nelly, what are we going to do? We need help. With the help of Rooms Hobbo, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. You've got this. You can do it. <sighs> so many O's. <laughs> With the help of Rooms Hobbo, Fuck. You've got this. You can do it. You can do it. <laughs> With the help of Broom's Hobgoblin magic. <laughs> there you go. You did it. I said it like an asshole, though. <laughs> no, fuck it. Keep it in. We rolling. We schmoovin'. We got this. With the help of Broom's Hobgoblin magic, Bridget, Nellie, and George create a fake magic orb. They return to the shapeshifter's lair and manage to swap the real orb for the fake one. They hurry back to Fairyland, where they replace the orb just in time to revive the other fairies. When the shapeshifter arrives to take over Fairyland, thinking all the fairies are dead, the fairy army takes him by surprise. The shapeshifter transforms into a fire-breathing mantis, but Prince Albrecht uses the power of the royal orb to steal the shapeshifter's magic. Powerless, the shapeshifter and his goons are imprisoned. With the shapeshifter locked up, Prince Albrecht decides that saving the kingdom counts as George and Nellie's final task. Not only are they free to go, but as an additional ward, they are allowed to eat as much fairy food as they like. Nellie and George bid the fairies goodbye, promising to come back soon. The film ends with the siblings returning back to the farm, with Nellie deciding that she's no longer in a big hurry to return home. So that sounds like a lot of really cool and interesting things that happened in this film. It sat like when you yeah. when you just speak the the plot aloud, man, that sounds like a lot of shit happening. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. sounds it sounds like a tight little plot, action packed. And yeah, it just there's so there's a lot of potential in this film. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, but. Like, <laughs> I, I think, like, right off the bat, one of the things that really threw me off about this film is that there's so much back and forth to, like, the same two locations over and over. Ugh. Yeah. It, it feels... Like like you said, what in the summary it doesn't read too bad, but when you're actually seeing it played out on screen, these characters are going back and forth to the fairy oak, and then back to the farm, and then the oak, and then the farm, and then maybe we go over to Brid- Bridget's friend house, but then we go back to fairyland, and then to the you know, it yeah. just it feels like this could be trimmed, you know, yeah. like cut out some even just like I don't know maybe if there's a way to stage it so that. You could imply they just go back home at the end of the night, or fuck, maybe they just have to stay in fairyland until they get all these three tasks done. Maybe that's the easiest way to go about this. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, it's just, it's a lot of back and forth. It's a lot of just, this has happened. Now this has happened. Now this mm-hmm. has happened. Now this yeah. has happened. And it's like, uh, okay, uh, uh, all right. Well, and there's... Just, it's very... Yeah, it's it's and this Ugh. film isn't terribly long either. I think it was like seventy six no. minutes, and yet it yeah, doesn't it's... feel. It feels like it's everything is happening too fast. I mean, you know, maybe that's part of the problem. It's and I they because like when you hit the point where it's like, it almost feels like this movie ends several times. Like it's like this plot point is now wrapped up. And now this plot point is, it's like, there's, George is in Fairyland and has to do some tasks to make sure that he can leave Fairyland again. Cool. That's the, that's the big main task. But then like, each finished task feels like a movie ending. Like, it feels like it's like, okay, and the plot is, oh, no, we still have a bunch left. Okay, then. Especially like the... Like, they come back for the first test, and then it's like, bring Bridget, human Bridget, here. Mm-hmm. And then she does that, and then she's there, and she meets the prince, and then they get married, and it's, it's, and it's like, it, oh, okay, well, that's just, and then she gets married, and then it's like, okay, well, the movie's, no, we still got two tasks left, or fucking whatever. And it's, it's like, okay, it's, they're, the they're flow definitely... of this film does not work. Yeah, there needed to be a better escalation of the task because you're right in that, like, the Bridget thing. Like, that already feels like that's that feels like a bigger task. Like, that would be a good one to end the movie on, as you said. Um, Yeah. But it's the first one they do. Although, to be fair, in the story, originally they were going to be given another task and it just so happens that because the prince sees Bridget... He, he changes everything. He's like, wait a minute, fuck everything. I gotta marry wait. this woman that I've only <laughs> seen my from plans. a distance. <laughs> I see this, like, one lady. She's she's the one. She is it. Yes. Because um, I guess it's prophesied or fucking whatever. Yeah. I guess. Which that Love is that is an easy way. There, there are a few prophecies in this film, and it is an easy way to very quickly just be like, oh, this is the plot. This is the plot that's going to happen, and we need you to fulfill this plot, children. Um, but it does yeah. mean it that, is- like, things just, like, characters do things because they just have, like, a list of things to do. It's like, it's, yeah. like, the prophecy is just, like, the script, basically. 
This almost feels like it was written to be several episodes of a TV show, but yes. then they had to they had to make it into a movie. I was going to say I could see this being a series. Yeah, Nellie and George's Adventures in Fairyland. It feels like it it should have been a series of episodes rather than one big movie. Yeah. Yeah, like you could have had like an entire episode uh, maybe like each episode is like like forty minutes long or something. It's all about their different tasks or getting into fairyland, just to space things out a bit more. Um, yeah, because I, I think some breathing room to a plot point. Any yeah, plot point, especially because stuff like them discovering the fairies or like Nelly with Broom the Hobgoblin. Because yeah, my. I have in my notes, it's like, Kid is taking the whole, there's a goblin man living in my cupboard thing extremely well. Yeah, yeah. Because she, like, she's just, like, this city kid that comes to live on this farm for a, a few weeks or months or whatever while their their family is moving. Mm-hmm. Um, and, she, like, presumably this is not a thing, but she's just like, oh, okay, there's a little man that lives in my cupboard and steals my food and shit and cleans the house. All right, yeah. I guess that's fine. Yeah, it just takes I it guess very- this is a normal thing to happen. Very nonchalantly. And it just, like, I think there's yeah. a way to do that and have it be funny. Um, But I don't think it was deliberate. I think it was just, like, again, like, the plot, this movie is only 76 minutes long. And the plot needs to hurry along so she can't spend too much time thinking about the ramifications of this goblin in her, or this hobgoblin in her room. So she just has to take it on the chin and then everybody moves on. But I guess it also does just feel like if you were reading a children, like an old children's fairy tale book, and it's like, people just accept shit. (laughs) <laughs> in those yeah. old stories or it's like questions aren't asked there's a goblin in your cupboard okay well <laughs> maybe he could tell you where my brother is i don't know fuck yeah whatever and ma- so maybe this is, it this is just a thing that i accept is here maybe it would have been helped if like the animation or maybe the vocal performance was like if there was a bit more <laughs> surprise in that early you know yeah meeting yeah Oh, the the animation, the the vi- okay. We're on, I'm gonna get into it now. Okay. So, the the art on the characters is fine. Like it's a passable sort of style. It's very simple. Very, it feels very like '90s cartoon. Yes, yes. Which is fine. I um, I thought a lot about the Rupert the Bear um TV show for some yeah. reason. Yeah. Maybe yeah. like I, the way they a little draw rougher the even than Rupert. <laughs> oh, oh, for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. This does this doesn't have shit on Rupert. Don't worry. Um, but I think just like <laughs> the way they drew the humans, it kind of reminded me of of the same the humans that they would appear in Rupert the Bear. Hmm. Yeah, it's the 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 animation and art on the characters. It's fine. It's fine. Um, yeah. Where this movie both shines and falls apart is its compositing between different mediums. Because mm-hmm. the there's all of the the backgrounds in the um in the regular sort of not fairy kingdom are like two D paintings and it's fine. It looks fine with the characters. It all blends. 
Um, the car is a 3D asset, mm-hmm. which stands out very much. Yeah. Um, yeah. The w- the the woods I think are the woods are like the a combination of traditional painted backgrounds, but then they also throw some CG leaves in there falling, and that yeah, looks yeah. very strange. Uh huh. And then the real magic, haha, happens when <laughs> uh you get to the fairy kingdom, where it appears they built a whole set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, it is, it's just like cameras moving through, like they. It's it's just like a diorama. Like they have built yeah. this set, like a miniature and it, set. It's like so they're mixing. Yeah, they're mixing this like live action plate with these two D characters and these three D assets, and it's just nothing meshes. Nothing fits together. But I kind of, like, I love it not because it looks good, but because it is fun to look at. Yeah. The, in a way. Like, it doesn't, the, it doesn't look great, but it, it oh. The Fairyland backgrounds yeah. are honestly so freaking charming. Um, you know, so it's charming. Like, it's like the traditional fairy stuff. So there's, like, lots of mushrooms and, like, lush green plants. And it just, it's so... Something about it is just so cute. I don't know if my brain is just like picking up on the fact that these are miniatures, <laughs> and and of course, like anything small is just automatically cute. Um, yeah, but they are so it, they are so darling, and I do think that there is a way that they could have melded the two D, the traditionally animated characters over these backgrounds. Because you think of something like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, oh, like yeah. that one, obviously much bigger budget, um, well, but. Yeah. But, like, they did such a good job of blending those 2D characters into the live-action world that you you don't question it. Um, yeah. So it definitely is but, possible. Uh, yeah, it's... I almost... I feel like it... Between the, um... The CG and the 2D and the live-action plate and the 2D, definitely the it blends better with the, the live-action backgrounds like yeah. it's still it feels wrong because it is like the, the, they're 2d characters on a on a live action plate but like i think it works it's when they add the cg in there that it's yeah. just like oh this is this is early and clearly quite low budget cg yeah. So it's like it just stands out so much against everything else. And it, it doesn't oh, help just... because they use um like they use CG for some of the bugs and that kind of makes sense. Like bugs yeah. are weird and kind of like bugs are almost like robotic when you look up close to them. So I think it kind of makes sense to do those in CGI and it's a little less jarring. Um but they also use CGI for the fairies when they want to do a flying shot, like from a distance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, I love, I love the distance models. <laughs> They're adorable. They are uh, not rigged to actually move around. They're like one step away from T posing as they're flying through the air. It's beautiful. Yeah, there's like maybe like just the barest movements to keep them looking from complete wooden planks just being puppeted <laughs> around but they oh. they're, they're not that far off <laughs> um, 
I, and they, I mean, I think they knew too. They knew oh, that yeah. these, the, the, this shit did not look good because they always keep those CG models as far from the fucking camera oh, as they yeah. can. They do oh, not yeah. want you seeing detail. Um, <laughs> I just, it makes me wonder though, like, was it really that much cheaper? I guess it would, you know, maybe it just would have been a pain in the ass to animate, but it just felt like I would have rather the traditionally animated fairies just fly around. Yeah, I, I, with that level of animation, it would absolutely be cheaper to just grab the little, the little, uh, CG models and sort of move them across the screen. It, yeah. It, it oh yeah. But maybe not. I don't know. Actually, if you, if you kept the same level of animation where they just don't, <laughs> <laughs> don't move. I don't know. It's, uh, it's a mystery. I I don't I don't do bidding. Uh, I don't know uh, how much these things cost. So yeah, yeah, I could be wrong. I think the um the the little miniatures. I it kind of made me think. I wish that this film had the budget to do something like um the James and the Giant Peach movie. I don't know if you ever saw that one, Brie. Oh yes. How you have oh, the live action? I did see that one. Live at you have a mix of live action. Um, so like live action actors, live action sets, and then, Mm -hmm. uh, it goes into, when it goes into the kind of the fantasy setting, they become stop motion animation puppets. Um, that would have been really fucking cute to see. And I think it would have been like a fun way to like, just like, just sort of have that distinction between the human world and the stop motion, like the, the fairy world. Yeah. Oh, that would have been really cute. I would have been prohibitively expensive oh yes fuck stop motion is way too much money (laughs) yeah for that Uh, i'm um i'm re-watching the dark crystal age of resistance series on netflix Ah. so i'm definitely i'm very much in like uh like live action like puppety mood mood even Mm -hmm. um like that would that would have been good i like that might have been again probably way outside of their budget especially to do like a jim henson quality puppet um oh yeah no yeah but it would have i think it just would have been so cool it would have been so neat there should it doesn't need to be this movie but there should be a movie like that yeah and that's again that's why like in the beginning as i said i this has given me such a hankering for a good fairy (laughs) movie yeah I'm trying to think. Somebody, somebody yeah. make some. Somebody that isn't Disney or the Barbie <laughs> series. Well, no, no one's gonna do that. Come on. I know. S- somebody just like park a dump truck <laughs> of money outside Brian and Wendy Froud's uh, house and get them to design some s- fairies. <laughs> Uh, I sh- I should mention um Wendy Froud appears in the credits um of this movie. And I should really explain. Okay, so if anybody if anybody doesn't remember, I know we've talked about this, but for the uninitiated, Brian and Wendy Froud are uh artists who they kind of specialize in fairies and goblins. Um they both worked on Labyrinth of the Dark Crystal for Jim Henson. Um so Wendy appears in the credits and under like a special thanks. So I, ah. I, 
I don't think she had anything to do with this film. I think they maybe just took inspiration from her fairy art. Oh, that, yeah, that could be. I could see that. When I first watched this film, I was watching it with a couple of friends and we were just kind of like chit-chatting over the credits. And I was taking a drink just as I saw Wendy Brown's name come up. And I like did an involuntary, like I did like an, oh, did you spit take? I didn't spit take, but what I did was I like gurgled because I, I, I had to say something. I had to go, oh, but I still had a mouthful of water. So I just went, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was just, I was so excited. Just anytime oh, I yeah. see their names, it's like, oh, I know you. Oh, oh, them. I oh. see them. I Do you make good shit? Yeah, somebody just, somebody give them a bunch of money. I know Brian Froud worked on an animated short. I think it was also called Fairies, now that I think of it. Um, Like one of those like 30 minute TV specials. Um, Ah. But I don't think they've ever done like a full, like a full film. It's all, like they're always like helping other people make films. So yeah, somebody make me a fairy film. I just want a good fairy. <laughs> I just just take me to fairyland. Yeah, it's Please. just I want to see fairies dick people over. It's just fun. <laughs> True. I did, I do, I did and I do love like like cool fae stories. So yeah. this having having a whiff of that was was nice. Like, it's still for kids, so they can't go full fairy lore. But, like, it was nice. I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess it's almost like it'd be, like, a good introductory thing for kids. To get them used to the idea that fairies uh, can be little assholes sometimes. (laughs) Or most times, depending on where you are in the world. Yeah. North American fairies, probably fine. You go to Europe, you see those European fairies, don't fuck with them. They will like, mess your shit up. It's like it's like possums. There's like the American possum. <laughs> and then, and then the, the like Australian possum that's super adorable. Yeah, yeah. Or or your where is where are those possums? Is it the Australian possum? I think it's yeah, I think it's the Australian one. That I are know they're so like, cute. Yeah. And then it's just, it's the American one that looks like a fucking nightmare that'll eat you in your sleep. They're also cute, but in a different way. They're like, I don't know, something about them. It's like, they're, <laughs> it's like if I, if I saw one in the middle of the night, I'd probably shit my pants. <laughs> Listen, Australia needed a win. A lot of its creatures will kill them. <laughs> yeah. So they're like, the possums will, will give you a break. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, we say that. Who knows? Mate, like, like, what do the Australian possums do? I bet they eat people, too. Oh, probably. Oh. <laughs> but on, on, like, the note of um the good... Uh, on the note of the fairies in this film, I did kind of like that these ones... Like, they weren't, like, the most asshole of fairies. They definitely could have gone farther with it. These fairies, like, they were almost, <laughs> like... Like, kind of just, like, chill people. That they're just, like, I mean... Like, the rules are rules, George. Like, sorry, but we'll help yeah. you find a loophole. Well, um, they try They try to, like, warn him, too. They're like, there's the one fairy that talks the most. I think his name is Chudsley. <laughs> yeah, Chud- yeah, Chudley. Chudley, I think. Fucking Chudley. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and he's like, he's like, I fucking tried to warn this kid to not eat the food, but he ate the food anyway. Sorry, he broke the rules. It is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's like definitely the, the most assholeish of them all. Like, he's very much like, no nope, yeah. tough shit. Um, even like the fairy prince, when he comes in, he's like, oh, okay, well, let's see what we could do to help them. Like, Chudley's if like, it was. Oh, fuck. Yeah, on, if, man. Ch- if Chudley was in charge, like, George would have just had to stay in the fairy world. Mm-hmm. I did I did like um on the note of like the fairy prince's entrance too. He kinda enters the movie like he's like a a, a wrestler. Where it's like this big <laughs> dramatic like light show and everybody has to, you know, like they f- they really like focus in on him. Yeah. Oh yeah. Amazing. Yeah, no, that's exactly the vibe. It's great. <laughs> And then he walks out, and he's just, like, this very, like, average-looking fairy. He's just, like, a normal dude. Yeah. Which is, it's funny, because I think we, we have this idea of fairies being, like, these beautiful, ethereal creatures. And then it's just, like, he's just a dude. <laughs> he's just, just a guy. Just a dude with wings. It's, like, I, I love it, but it's also, like, it is, like, like I wish they looked, like, a little different. Just like yeah. more like again, like you need that like Wendy frown touch where like they're just like something like a little, a little like, off. Just a, yeah, just a little bit creepy spooky. Yeah, yeah, like creepy spooky. Oh, I was I was gonna like try and think <laughs> if there was much to talk about his character, the fairy prince, because we see him a lot in this movie, but there really is nothing there. <laughs> no, he's just kind of like a guy. Yeah. He's just there. He's fine. He falls in love with uh Bridget on site. Yeah. It proposes instantly. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. He's just like some guy. Just um, some subdued. And th- th- just some fact- regular dude. The fact that Bridget accepts it so easily is wild. Marrying me will mean giving up your human form to become a fairy princess. But... Let me show you my kingdom. Bridget, I know all this must seem hopelessly absurd, but I I promise you, this is your destiny. Our destiny. Look at me and tell me you do not know me. Yes, I do know you. And I feel as if I've known you all my life. There will be many new things here for you to know and love. And I will love you more than life itself for the rest of eternity. So, will you become my beautiful and beloved bride? Yes. I will. <laughs> Like they're trying to like explain it away like I feel like I've known you all my life this was destiny it's like girl you met this tiny little one inch man yeah 30 seconds ago you are yeah. this is your introduction and he has asked you to marry him and you're like yeah I'll give yep. up my entire life including the best friend that we just saw a few minutes earlier in the film who is like having a baby and mm-hmm. like no fuck it well, I'm gonna leave like- that all behind because I I need this fairy. They also like they mentioned Bridget has family. Like she has family that she yeah. has left behind. Yeah, like she is just like 
she meets this dude and is like 100% instantly like, all right, yeah, let's get fucking married. Yeah. Get, get, gets married that day. Like that it, day. Honestly, it's probably like the span of a couple of hours. Like how long did it take them to get that spider silk? Not long. It they... is, it is literally like same day. Though, I guess, I mean, here's the thing. Time seems strange in this little, uh, little story because they're doing these things and then it's like, maybe there's more time passing because it should have been a series and we're supposed to be having adventures in between. Um, I don't, it probably wasn't actually meant to be a series, but like, (laughs) it feels like it should have been a series with a lot of extra stuff between these plot points. Um, so maybe... It's a situation where it's like, time has passed, but, because, um, like, she she sees her friend who's, like, having a baby. The friend has the baby. The next day, the children go to see the friend who is now at home with her baby, walking around totally fine. Apparently, childbirth was real easy for her. Um, yeah. And she's just, just, you know, hanging out. Uh, who knows? Maybe there's meant to be more time in between these plot points. Maybe we're supposed to assume that time has passed. Maybe? I don't know. I kind of got the impression that it was all, like, one one day or, like, one evening. Well, because she also... The, the, the... Uh, fucking... Nellie sends the letter to her parents... Unless oh, yeah. unless they have the best post system on earth that can instantly transmit uh letters to and from their family, um maybe it's meant to be taking place over the course of several days or something. I yeah, it it must be several days because they, they for sure when they get the uh like the whole stuff like with meeting the fairies happens on one day and then they go back to the farm and are told the next morning they have to it's it wait until the frost on the window melts and then you go back to the fairy oak so there's definitely there's one day there and that that first day is when nelly wrote the letter yeah and then there's at least one more day because the whole the adventure with bridget as a fairy um that happens overnight. Like, I say Bridget as a fairy. When, with, when, after Bridget has been turned into a fairy and they go visit Helen and have to give... Uh, get the orb. Get the orb. That Which, happens in the middle of the night. So it's yeah. at least two days? It's at least a couple of days. But, like, that's it's still a, that's a speedy little story. Mm-hmm. To... Yeah, I I fucking love the royal orb. <laughs> yeah, <Sorry. laughs> it's just like an orb on a on a scepter, and yeah. it's just referred to as the royal orb. And it's like, f- what do you mean by that? Uh, fuck you! It's the royal yeah. orb. It's like, what is yeah. it made out of? Uh, fuck off! Don't ask questions. It's a royal it's just, orb. It's just some kind of vague magical thing that, like, I guess it gives. We know for sure it gives the fairies their eternal youth. Um, It seems to have some other magic abilities because the prince uses it to take his brother's power 
Yeah, it's just like a magical MacGuffin. It just it it's whatever just the a plot thing. needs. Yeah, yeah, it's just a fairy magic thing. I I guess. I feel like being a shapeshifter, being a shapeshifter, is like pretty impressive by itself. Like, why does this guy have? Like, he has so much magic. Like, why does he really need the orb? Why does he care? I guess he just wants to rule. I guess so. I guess it's just a matter of, like, I I just want this. I want this because I want it. Yeah. Oh. He, he feels it was okay. denied to him or something. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> this fucking... We... What is this... What was the <laughs> evil fairy's name again? Okay, here's the thing. He doesn't, he doesn't have, Does he have one. A name? He doesn't have oh. one. He's just referred to as the shapeshifter in the credits and on IMDb. Oh. I, I did not see anything in the fucking closed captioning. So if he has a name, I, I don't fucking know it. Um, huh. It's, uh, yeah, it's, this, this summary was a pain in the ass to write because of that. <laughs> And, I There's mean, no names on any. All these, like, incidental, like, the fairy kingdom people. Except the prince. I guess he also doesn't have a name. No, he he's, he does get, he gets named at least once. That's where, that's how I know oh. his name. Yeah. What's his name? Albrecht. Oh, right. Albrecht. Or Alberic. Yeah. Al- yeah. Oh, Albrecht? Oh, I might have been pronouncing it wrong. Fuck. Oh, uh, it's fine. It's close enough. This is, this fairy prince. The fairy prince. Okay, so um, all of the the Sealy court gets names. The unsealy court, fuck you. Yeah, get out of yeah, here. Yeah, fuck him. And it's like it's definitely it's weird because as a like the former, as like as a former prince of the fairy kingdom, he should have a name. Yeah, like, you would think so. It would be so easy just for him to introduce himself. Like, even in that moment when he transforms into an old man at the beginning of the film to talk to Nelly, he yeah. could have just said his name there. Like, I, I enjoy it. Like, he's like, I'm gonna turn myself into a human person looking thing so I can talk to this little girl. Proceeds to change himself into the creepiest looking weirdo man yeah. ever. Yeah. All right. Good plan. Shapeshifter man. Mm-hmm. Voiced He's- by Jeremy Irons. <laughs> yes, yes. I was trying to figure out a way to bring that in. <laughs> oh, Jeremy Irons. I mean, he does a good job. Oh, he's I doing wish- his... Fu- yeah, he's doing his fucking best. Or actually, maybe he's not. Because there is definitely some lines where you're like... You can you can almost see in the recording booth. They're like, all right, uh, Mr. Irons, can you... Craw, like caw, like a like a crow. Mm-hmm. It's like caw, caw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I mean, he might was... have been phoning this one in just a just a hint, but I can't blame him. May yeah, maybe because uh, this um obviously he starred in The Lion King before this. I think Lion yeah. King was like nineteen ninety four. Ninety four. So, yeah, and then uh, this, this is, is 99, so... Yeah. And he did, I mean, he obviously, he fucking nailed Scar in that movie. Yeah, oh, yeah! He is great at sounding like a lion, so I feel like a crow <laughs> would be in his repertoire, but yeah, maybe well, he, he just also, needed... He didn't have to make lion noises when he was voicing Scar. But here, it's like, you can tell they were telling him to, like, crow like a like a bird. Yeah, 
rapidly. I mean, as Scar, like he still had like some of those growly that growl yeah. in his voice. So yeah, yeah, maybe it is. Maybe he he did like a more like subtle crow, and they were like, no, 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 you gotta caw, just go caw. And he's just like, all right, like, all I right. I'm done. I'm not spending any more time in this recording booth than I have to. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. God. All their budget went to hiring uh, Jeremy Irons and Kate Winslet and whoever voiced this prince (laughs) that I didn't write down. Because they get top billing. Yeah, we yeah. So Kate Kate Winslet voices Bridget. Um, and when was Titanic? I think that was also nineteen ninety nine, right? I don't know. I think so. That sounds right. So I think I was still in elementary school. Yeah, I th- I think so. Nineteen ninety seven. So this is two oh, years after Titanic. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, I get, well, you know what? Actually, that makes sense because that's probably why they wanted to get Kate Winslet. Yep. They're like the, uh, Jeremy Irons, Kate Winslet. Uh, who's that third guy? Um, it's not a name I recognize. The Fairy Prince. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his first name. Dougray? Dougray? Scott? Sounds uh, very fancy. He seems like a fancy man based on his Doug IMDb. Scott. It's a Scottish actor. Mission Impossible 2. Oh. Uh, Ever After. Oh! Opposite Drew Barrymore. Zorro. Oh, he was the... Wait, was he the fucking prince in that? Oh, he was! Yeah, he was Prince Henry in Ever After. <laughs> oh, there oh we go. Oh, oh, fuck. I need to rewatch Ever After. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that's just been so long i did not fucking recognize him <laughs> i remember enjoying that film a lot but i have yeah. not seen it since uh probably it came out it is it's a good film and as a result yeah. it's it's one that keeps like i have it um and i've thought about doing it on the podcast but i almost like you know again it's the bad princess movie podcast we want to cover those well ones first I mean, we stray from that fairly frequently, so maybe, yeah. maybe at some point in the in the near future, we can look at Ever After. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh. Uh. Okay. So yeah. So this is that's where they put all their money was hiring those three voice actors, essentially. Yeah. It's a shame that the writing, I like, I feel like they didn't use these people to their full potential. Oh god, no. No, not at all. Oh. Like it's not the worst. It's not no. awful. But it's just <sighs> It's it's missing you know? something. And it almost <laughs> makes it Yeah. It makes it very hard to recommend this film because it's not bad, but you might just end up having to go play puzzle games um to get yourself through this film. Yeah. You uh you might have to look at Picross and kind of miss the bit where he, uh, the the guy turns into a, a fire-breathing mantis. Yeah. Because you just stop caring. And then you it... hear it in the summary and you're like, oh. <laughs> that's what happened? Oh. Was, I might have been playing Picross. That's, yeah. that's, that's amazing. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, that happened. That's how it ends. Um, oh, he ends. All right. And to like, expand on it they um he they kind of set it up as a sequel hook maybe because they oh. they take the shapeshifter's power and they tie him up and his some most of his goons and yeah. they th- throw him in the dungeon 
Um, and it specifically is the dungeon from which no one has ever escaped, or there's some magical uh-huh. thing. It's implied. Yeah. Um, and so the like the shapeshifter is all tied up, but then one of his one of his goblin cronies uh, is explicitly shown to have not been like he he evaded capture. So I I feel like that's oh. the sequel hook. Like oh he might that that goblin might help free him. And I guess I think it. I think the prophecy. I think, I, like the film. I don't know. I feel like the film didn't do a good job of this. But the prophecy talked about him receiving his rightful place in like the fairy kingdom. Uh-huh. And I, I think what they were going for is that his rightful place is his prison. Is in the dungeon. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I wish they kind of put a better, better button on that. But yeah. Well, I, I kind of. <laughs> There's a lot of this film I wish they did better. It's there's there's many plot points and and parts of this film where it's like eh, it could have been better. Yeah. Also, the prophecy that the shapeshifter says for the kids, it's very funny and strange. Yeah. It's like one has one webbed foot and you're like is that a what? Huh? Is is that a thing that happens to kids? I feel like it's probably a thing that can happen to children is that you are born with like extra skin between your toesies or something. Oh yeah. But, like Yeah, definitely. But like it's just such a strange little thing to have in your film to be part of the <laughs> mm-hmm. It's it's something um I don't remember if I I don't remember if I knew someone who had this, but I I know like yeah, like it's definitely a thing. I think it's like it's it's more that like your toes are kind of joined together than it is like yeah. in, like in this film they almost like, like a show it as yeah, like a duck. I don't yeah. think it's that. Um but um it's I think for me like the like the weird bit about these prophecies is that they're so specific and, and like at least this one with um uh, the shapeshifter it's so specific and i don't understand why they bothered with it because surely this guy like why does this guy need a prophecy to go cause um issues at the fairy kingdom like i don't know they it, he acts like um or like in the beginning of the film it almost tries to set it up like he needs uh, Nelly and George's help to get his rightful place in the throne. And it makes it feel like he's maybe going to try and trick them into like yeah. explicitly like, oh, I need your, you know, actually it's my, it's my brother who's the evil one. You young children, you need to help me get my rightful place back on the throne. And he's like deliberately trying to work with them to make this happen. Yeah. But that doesn't that doesn't happen. He just kind of like watches all. watches them from a distance and then like the whole thing with Princess Bridget, the fairy princess Bridget. <laughs> yeah. He, he could have just done that at any fucking time. Yeah, like but I guess there's the other prophecy that on that day he would marry a Bridget. Yeah. So I guess he couldn't have done that any other day. It had to be the one day where the prophecy said that he was marrying Bridget. But I mean, he also could have just like he he could have taken the fairy prince prisoner and then fucking pretended to be him. Okay, but 
it's true, but also it is shown like he's a shapeshifter. He can shift shapes, but he's really fucking bad at imitating anyone else. Like, but he- yet it still worked. It still I fucking worked for a worked. minute or two. They fucking bought it. But they bought it, but then it's like, if you have a half of a brain, you can tell that it's like, oh, he's acting real sus right now. There's something up. I don't know. Those fairies, they seemed a little, like, uh, none of the fairies. It was Nellie who was like, oh, this doesn't seem right. And the other fairies were just like. Something seems wrong here. Oh, that's odd. Uh, so but- I, I do love fairy princess Bridget, who's like, she gets there and they're like, oh, she may, may, what if she's upset that he's like, she's coming there to, like, go and marry him that day. And um, now he's like laid eyes on a human woman for 30 seconds and has decided that nah he's gonna marry her instead is she like is she gonna get pissed and then she shows up and he's like uh no i'm gonna marry this this other person and she's like oh thank god <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. which is very funny and good she like explicitly she's like i always actually just saw you as a friend so this works yeah out she's really like good. i'm i'm real glad that you found uh a different bridget to make this prophecy happen because that was not i didn't want that at all yeah so uh congrats i'm happy for you (laughs) yeah so it's it's great so the shapeshifter actually has to start like insulting her in other ways to like get her yeah (laughs) his whole plan is like i will get rid of all the, the like i will throw the court into chaos by like insulting this this person by telling her i'm not marrying her and should it'll cause conflict between our two fairy kingdoms and she's just like oh fuck thank god <laughs> yeah all right no we're chill man this is great yeah. uh i'm i'm stoked for you and he's like oh shit well uh your mother was a hamster and your father smelled of elderberries <laughs> whatever uh, good yeah i did i did like this like like, it made me wonder how often fairies, new fairies are born or made. Because if, could you just, like, as a fairy mom, could you just name your kid Bridget? And then, like, now they're in the running oh, to shit. marry the fairy prince? I mean, maybe. But, yeah, who knows how fae work. Yeah. I always, like, I remember there's been stories where fae don't, they, like, steal children. Which was oh, where yeah. I was wondering if it would go when they like have the plot point of them stealing the baby i'm like oh are they gonna send like a changeling back like oh no that that will belong in a different maybe better movie yeah they kind of they kind of hinted at it in that when um they steal the baby they leave one of the goblin cronies behind in its place yeah. but it doesn't like it doesn't take the form of the baby, and it's ambiguous as to whether Helen even noticed that her kid went missing. No, she is still asleep downstairs. Yeah. When they come back. Who knows? She's a, she's a new mom, presumably, yeah. so she's not getting a lot of sleep. So maybe she's yeah. just fucking tired. God. New mom, her best friend just went missing and she doesn't even know it yet. Well, her her best friend, no, because she says, like, because they leave behind the, like, air quotes, mail from Bridget that's like, uh, got a family wedding emergency, gotta go, bye. So she's yeah, not missing, she's just gone back to the yeah, 
wherever she's from. Yes, but here, okay, here's the thing about this note. Yes, so they, they, the fairies, the fairies give Bridget's employers, so the, the farm that they're staying at, a note that says that she had to leave to attend a wedding in her family. And they kind of like wink, wink, nudge, mudge, because haha, actually the wedding was hers. But, like, this doesn't, like, a wedding is a temporary thing. Weddings end. So, like, why do the characters act like she's going to be gone for forever? Yeah, she is left forever, I I guess. Yeah. Like, Shrug. Uh, the, the whole Bridget thing. I, I, so I, I got to propose this to you. I think, uh-huh. I think Bridget, number one, should have been the main character. Yes. Yeah. And. Because her side of the adventure is so much more interesting. Because, like, we, we haven't even fucking talked about Nellie and George because they're so fucking boring. Uh, they're, they're, just, they're, they're just your stock children characters. Like they're, they're just... Yeah. Yeah. Just stock children characters. Nellie has, like, slightly more personality in that she's, like, the bossy older sister who most of her dialogue is just chastising George for every little thing. Um, yeah. Otherwise, like, there's really nothing to them. It's Bridget that has this grand adventure where she goes from being a farmhand to a fairy princess while also inadvertently also almost killing her new husband and yeah. all of his, his court. Um, <laughs> hmm. Like, that's, like, that's, like, a pretty good plot right there. Um, but, like, we have to see that plot through the perspective of these two kids who are, again, very boring and don't really... <laughs> yeah, but it's, like, it's a movie made for children, and movies made for children work best in general when your main characters are also young. See, and Unless I... it's a Disney princess film, in which case they're 16, probably. Yeah. I feel like Drunk. kids... I like from what I've kind of seen, I feel like kids kids love watching movies or shows that they feel is older for them. You know, like maybe it's like a weird kind of like, oh, I'm getting away with watching this cool mature show for cool older people and they're like yeah. they're like watching Power Rangers. Um <laughs> But Power Rangers Uh <laughs> um but they i i I just don't i like i think there's definitely a way that they could have been um like the most interesting characters in this movie but they just aren't no they just aren't um but i think (sighs) on, on on top of the movie being about bridget i think they should have had it where bridget was an orphan um you know have uh, have the aunt the the uh, have like the farm people maybe they're kind of assholes show that bridget's life kind of sucks is really what i'm getting to you know mm-hmm. she doesn't have any family her job she like she's a good person but her job sucks um uh maybe like nelly and george could be like the son and daughter of the farm people not just like these random kids that I, like presumably like their family are friends with i don't know well i think i think it's the because at the very beginning of the film the m- man that they're 
like it, it's the couple that owns the farm and the the man is like oh your dad and i used to play here on this farm all the time so i guess it's like their family is in the middle of a move and they send their kids yeah. to go live with uh the dad's like childhood yes. friend yeah, on the farm okay. while everything is happening and it's like all right yeah gotcha i, I definitely i forgot about That's that fun. line yeah yeah it's like a Which, one-off easily missed line at the very beginning on on that note, the the to go off on a tangent, and then I'll return to the Bridget talk. Nelly, whining about wanting to go home, and she doesn't care about um you know her parents are trying to move house, and she just doesn't want to be on the farm. Uh, I I hate that child so much, because I. <laughs> Right now, dear listener, I have made the mistake of I myself am going to be moving. And let me tell you, the fucking stress that this has done, I oh, no. I hate myself because this is I I did this to myself. And so the here, like oh. Nelly, that little shit, she's like, I don't care if I have to sleep on the floor. I want to go home. No, you fucking don't. You you <laughs> enjoy that farm and that fucking magical adventure with the fairies while your poor fucking parents are probably driving themselves nuts trying to fucking pack and shit, you little turd. Oh, I wish I could be you. Why can't I go on a magic fairy adventure? Someone else come and pack and do all of this shit for Christy. She wants to go. She needs to go on a fairy adventure right now. Yeah, fuck this. I hate this. All my shit is, is just... I, it's all in boxes, or it's not in boxes. It needs to be. And both states are fucking frustrated. <laughs> I hate it, but I'm trapped Aww. in this, this this hell of my own creation. <laughs> yeah. Nelly. You know, I Nelly? could not relate. I could not relate to this child. Um, <laughs> but yes, I they I think Bridget like you have to set up that Bridget's life kinda sucks and give her uh, like, more reason to want to ditch her life, you know? Yeah, like, it's more than no reason at all to leave yeah. literally her entire life behind. And, like, to be fair, I have criticized movies in the past where, like, these kids go on a fucking magical adventure and, like, at the end it's like, well, we can't stay here, we have to go home to our normal life. Mm-hmm. And, like, that, uh, that can sometimes feel like, yeah, the fucking What? yeah you know that fucking magic is real and you you are you have all this shit going on now but it's like no fuck that i want to go back to like taxes (laughs) fuck (laughs) yeah so like to be fair to the film you know what some days some days you have days where it's like if i could just fucking not do taxes again anytime and i could just not work and just go live in a fairy glade and have magical powers mm-hmm. uh, you know could be worse it would that be doesn't very, sound bad it would be very tempting and i like i i i would have to be able to leave a note at least and like tell my family yeah hey um, I've ditched you all to go live a magical life full of adventure. Sorry, we'll never I'm, see you again. I'm being voluntarily isekai'd. I'll see you later. Uh, <laughs> peace out, fuckers. Peace. I mean, as a as a person, you, me, human, right now, it would be yeah. a hard choice. But like, you know, sometimes I there is like 
in a movie where the, where the the children decide they have to go home it's like what the fuck do you mean so yeah. i guess i can see it in a certain at a certain angle but also it's still like man it you just, really I, just just like up and leave your entire life behind for a guy you've known for 30 seconds yeah well and that's like it's like i think this movie makes it worse because we immediately see the repercussions yeah of Bridget doing this because again her best friend just gives birth and Bridget has to sneak in to see the baby. She can't she there it's it's kind of ambiguous as to whether or not Bridget could even reveal herself to Helen because in this movie fairies are invisible unless you know how to look for them and they there is like a line that they don't know if that would also apply to Helen. Um but it it oh, seems yeah. to be at least, like they, they kind of, they kind of have the assumption that, um, well, she might, she might be able to see you, so that you have to hide in my pocket, Bridget, just in case. Um, yeah. But then, I feel like fairies should be able to choose who can see them, and if yeah. she just showed up and was like, "What's up, Helen?" Uh, so here's the deal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm a fairy now. Mm-hmm. I got married yesterday. In between the di- the time that I saw you and now, I got married and turned into a fairy. Um, <laughs> so this is the deal. But I still, you know, you're still my best friend. I still love you. I'll come and visit all the time. Your son now has a magical fairy godmother. That's pretty sick. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that's just a thing that could... That feels in- like it should be able to happen. Yeah, in in a better film, like that could be like if you actually portrayed it with like the the actual emotion behind it, like make it very explicit that it is a bittersweet thing that Bridget has, you know, she has found this new family with the fairies, but she had to give up uh like her friendships from her old life and it's bittersweet and like that that you could play that really nicely, but the yeah. movie just kind of like I feel like the movie <laughs> wants you to ignore that part. It's like don't worry about it. This that's not the important part of the plot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, I guess. I I think too, maybe again, this is me like coming up with my alternative rewrite of this film. Um I think it <laughs> it would have been fun if maybe Bridget also went by a nickname. Um, and so she and the oh, prince- Oh, so it's like a reveal kind of thing? Yeah. Like, she and the prince meet and start to get to know each other, and they're kind of into each other, um, but, you know, he's prophesized to marry somebody else, although she doesn't know that part, obviously. Um, and, like, maybe, like, you you have that throughout the entire movie, and they just kind of naturally get closer and closer- and then it's uh, yeah revealed at the end that her name is actually Bridget and oh my god actually this prophecy applies to you. Wow. And yeah. Then you could have, yeah. You have more build up and you could finish the film with the wedding, which seems like like it's like a good note to end on. Like, yeah, that's usually thing. that's usually where things end. Yeah. But I don't know. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I just, oh. I, this is one of those movies I kind of just want to take the plot and just like pray that like nobody has seen this other than us. Um, <laughs> and then just like steal it and just like, you know, like change some stuff, but like definitely steal it. Um, 
I just turn into my own thing because it's yeah I I like I like this premise. There's such potential. There is great potential, but it's just sort of not. It doesn't quite get there. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm trying to think if there's, uh, is there anything else to talk about. Let me just check my fucking. Uh, no, I think we've hit most of my stuff. Yeah. I just have one. I I liked the prince and his when the brother was disguised as him. I liked like their little hissy fit fight that nobody um thought to <laughs> to intervene. <laughs> they just sort of they just sort of have a little slap fight. Uh, all I have written down when that was happening is all caps. Which one do I shoot? Yes. Um, it is that moment where they're like oh we don't know we we can't we we don't know who the real one is and it's like okay but like they're just they're like punching each other out can you just like separate them and then figure out who's real separate them and give let them talk for 30 seconds the shapeshifter will let you know that he's an asshole. He yeah. cannot stop being an asshole for longer than 10 seconds. So if you if you give him time to talk, he will you will figure out which one is which. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> and it's great too because the real prince actually gets his ass kicked in the fight. Yeah, he sure so, does. And everybody's like, "Oh yay, the real prince yay, won." Yay, the real prince yay. won. Hooray! Not like even Bridget, even Bridget doesn't recognize. I mean, granted, she only has known the guy. For She's five known minutes. this man for thirty seconds. Yeah, yeah. But Nellie has to like. I don't know how Nellie knew. I guess just common yeah, sense. Uh, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. But Nellie comes in with the uh, the spider silk lasso, and then the the poor prince. Like he never comments on it. I would be a little bitter. Like like what? Yeah, the fuck? Like, like y'all just couldn't. You, no one could. T- All right. Okay. Well, I just got my ass kicked in front of my entire court and they all didn't do anything. <laughs> Why did you guys take your eyes off of us for even a second? Yeah. You should have been able to, to at least follow. We we weren't moving at supersonic speeds and then you couldn't tell who was who. It was literally like we were in front of you having a little, little fisticuffs. Yeah. God. That whole, <laughs> that whole plot. I mean, there's other great stuff to that bit, too. Like, when they first capture the prince, they don't, like, take him back to the shapeshifter's lair. They just no, tie him up. No, they just up tie and... him up under a toadstool. <laughs> yeah. like they Just leave him there. And, and oh, oh, what a surprise. Somebody just happens to fucking walk past and find him. Like, yeah. Like, like you could have just sent the goblins back to the fucking lair with him. But they, I guess they nope. just wanted to stick around and see all the fighting. Which, I mean... It's not like they're <laughs> they're great at plans and executing plans, so no. that's fair enough. Oh. Oh. Yeah, no, that's the one the one part where I think I got like extra frustrated and extra checked out <laughs> was um like when they're like, we have to uh Get this get the fucking royal orb to get back to the shapeshifter to trade for the baby. It's like, girl, and she's like sneaking in and she takes it from him and she's just like, I'll just talk to him later and I'm sure he'll understand. What did he mean when he said I didn't know what I'd done? Well, maybe he's thinking of how angry the prince will be when he finds out. Oh. 
But my kind prince will understand when I tell him why. I couldn't let that horrible shapeshifter keep Helen's baby, could I? Baby's much more important than an orb. Girl, just fucking wake him up and talk. Just use your goddamn words. That's your husband now. Yeah. You should be able to be like, hey, is there a way we can, like, trick him? Because apparently, like, he gets the royal orb and whatever and blah, blah, blah. And, and uh, he just, like, has it and, like, parades it back and is not doing anything with it. Like, he, he doesn't, no. he can't tell it's a fake when he's got the fake. So clearly it's like... Make a fake, bring him the fake, yes. and then get him just trade that. Like, it's a really, really easy fix, especially if you had just woken the prince up and been like, hey, here's the situation. What do we do? And the prince can be like, I use my fucking fairy magic <laughs> and make a fake one, and we just yeah. trick him. Yeah, because, like, the room has hobblock. <laughs> Apparently, I'm learning through this episode. I don't know if I'll keep it in the summary, but hobgoblin is apparently a very hard word for me to say. And my brain just fucking short circuits when it happens. Um, it's also just a fun word to miss say because you get to say hobgoblin. I wish, I mean, I, I wish I could say that it was intentional, but my brain just was not firing. But yeah, like broom. Broom has this hobgoblin magic that he used to make the little orb. And yeah, that's easy. That seems like something like, I, like I'm like i not a big uh, folklore expert, so I assume hobgoblins have some magic. But it feels more fitting for the fairies to be like, let's use our fairy magic to, yeah. to make it happen. And then we wouldn't have had to go all the way fucking back to the farm to, like, get, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um. It's something, like, if if it was just Nellie and George, if these young kids, I could see them stealing the, the scepter. Again, and, and especially if it's, um, you like know, maybe... Like, they are played more as tricksters. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, if, or if, even if just, like, they're just acting a bit more jerkish and they, they're worried about, like, getting in trouble, so they're just gonna do it and then hope that that's the end of it. Mm -hmm. Um... But for Bridget to be there, this grown ass woman, and like you said, just to be like, "Oh no, it's fine. I'm sure it's, I'm." He'll understand when yeah. I when he wakes up and finds out that these this apparently precious magical item is gone. I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah, like obviously there's something to this the orb because the the otherwise why would the evil dude want it, Bridget? Yeah, Bridget, come on. Get your shit together, Brid. This mar I don't know about this marriage. I don't know if this- did, did <laughs> No? Fairies could fairies get divorced? <laughs> Fairy divorce court. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's, you know... I don't know if I'd recommend this one... Unless it was maybe like an ease in kind of thing, like the first yeah. one you watch in a, at a bad princess movie night for like, while people are maybe still showing up and people are still sort of chatting <laughs> and you yes. throw this one on in the background kind of thing. Cause I don't know if it would, no. if it was an end of the night thing, everyone's asleep. Oh yeah, for sure. The, the high point of the movie 
unfortunately comes early on where Bridget marries the prince. At least that's what I kind of consider the high point, just for how yeah how quickly it all happens. Um, yeah. But yeah, I would agree. This is uh, th- th- this is not a showstopper. Um, I I th- I feel like I had more fun discussing the movie than I did watching it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 But that said, maybe if more people had watched this, we would have gotten more movies about fairies, and hopefully, at least some of those movies would have been good. <laughs> yeah. You never know. Mm-hmm. Hey, you. Who knows what the future will bring? Yes, very true. I'm trying to remember other we've done we've done some other fairy like when was strange magic made? You never Stra- know. Strange magic was 2015, I think. Oh, okay, so that's not even that Yes, 2015. I had to prove it to myself because it's very important that I for some reason that I know <laughs> this, this stupid movie was made. <laughs> Uh, see, who knows? There's, there's sort of, they're, they're one of those things where I, I imagine they'll swing back and forth in fashion. We'll get more fairy, fairy movies eventually. Yeah, I just, I just hope that it's this, this kind of vibe of fairies where they're, they're jerks, and yeah. Oh, I think maybe of I should, other things I've seen fit. Maybe I should mm-hmm. just go watch Labyrinth again. The only thing have have you seen the the Jonathan Jonathan Strange and Doctor Norell series? Oh, Jonath- that's got some some jerk ass Fay in there. Jonathan Strange and okay, Mister Norell. No. It's based on a book. It was like okay. a mini series. That's got that's definitely got some jerk ass Fay magic going on in that one. All right, maybe I'll have to check that out. Yeah. It was a neat little mini series. Okay. Oh, I'll have to track that down. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. It's been a while since I've watched it, so I can't remember most of it. But I remember <laughs> enjoying the the complete asshole Faye in that in that show. So. Nice. Like definitely the leaning leaning more into the creepy. Yeah, the spooky. Huge jerk aspect. Yeah, the spooky aspect of Faye. Mm-hmm. Again, like, la- Labyrinth. Yeah. I, it's, it's like the creepy, the deal with the devil kind of thing. Like, like, not quite that extent, but just like the, like, this is what you wanted, Sarah. You wanted me to take your baby brother. It's a tough shit. I'm taking him. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. You asked for this. Literally, you asked for yeah. this. I have I've given you everything you wanted, you little shit. Why aren't you enjoying my labyrinth? <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, but yes, I think that's going to be right. it for this one. Although we have a few closing yeah. things to do. Oh, do we? Yes. Uh, so we first off, we got an email from Mel. Oh. Um. And I won't read the entire email just because it, it was a, a bit of a longer one, but I'll read some of the highlights. So this was kind of in uh-huh. response to the uh, Sailor Moon S episode. Ooh, okay. Yeah, so Mel was very happy that we did that. Um, and she liked that uh, we, while we acknowledge the flaws of the dub, that we still very clearly loved it, which, yes, is very true. We, oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Um. Mel Mel also agrees that the uh, she says 
The Deke dub holds a very, very, very special place in my heart, so much so that I actually just bought the whole dub series for the pure nostalgia of it. Um, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> she, um, so she uh, goes on to say, so there's a few points I would just like to clarify. So some stuff that we kind of talked about in our episode. Okay. Uh, in the original manga, Darien, uh, I can't spell his Japanese name. And in the past on the moon, they did just say Prince Darien. Uh, oh. But in the manga, Darien is 16 to Serena being 14. So the age wasn't a problem until the anime changed it for some unknown reason. Oh, okay. Well, that's nice. That's good. I that's Weird better. they changed it, but that's better. That's yeah. much better. <laughs> um, Mel also says that the future city is called Crystal Tokyo, ruled by Neo Queen right. Serenity. And right. the, the reason the voice of Dub Luna and her human form feels off is that apparently Luna was never meant to be the wise teacher, but a girl closer to Serena's age. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Which, uh, I, Mel says I myself prefer the old British Luna, and I definitely agree. <laughs> um, it just feels like it feels like right that like she would have like be like this old like British lady to advise like the young old princess sort of mentor character that like keeps her on the right track because she's a 14 year old yeah girl and it's like you need someone who has like at least a, a hint of like knowledge and authority and mentor type position to like help this poor girl with her situation yeah. whereas like if Luna was like the same age she could still be like a like an intelligent you know serious character but like eh, it feels a little less authoritative especially i guess probably to like maybe north american audiences it's like you she would come off as more of a bossy character than like a wise character mm -hmm. yeah yeah exactly but I don't know if that's the vibe that was in the original manga. So, I don't know. Yeah, you know, I've never, I've, it's funny, I've never had any interest in the original uh, manga. <laughs> Even when I was, like, big into anime in, like, high school, uh, mm -hmm. just had no interest in it. Because, like, the the anime just felt like such perfection. Why would I, why would I bother? <laughs> um, it's definitely a, a series that I have thought about going back to, like, check out the original Japanese, check out the, the original manga and stuff, but it is the problem of, like, and I acknowledge it fully, is the, the nostalgia aspect. But so it's really good to hear about these other things from the manga where it's like, no, no, like, the the anime is the thing that fucked this part up. Like, Darian yeah. and Serena are supposed to be two years apart. Like, they are supposed to be... <laughs> yeah, much closer in age. Yeah, that Not is a weird, weird. one. Yeah. I wonder why they changed it. I don't know if it was just like they wanted uh, him to be able to have his own like apartment or something. <laughs> Maybe. Just like a weird thing like that. Maybe. Uh, um know. Mel does have a question for us regarding because we, we kind of talked about um the you know, just like the difference between the dub and the Japanese version. And so Mel asks, uh, if you were and or Brie were redubbing the show now. How would you compromise the original and the Deke dub? Uh, so, for example, Mel says, if I was doing it, I would keep the Meatball Head nickname. Oh. Uh, yeah. So yes. stuff like that, which that's. Ooh, yeah, that's, that's a, a good question. 
I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I'm partial to like, that meatball head <laughs> nickname too. I love that. Um, here's the thing. I am definitely. I am definitely part of the the group of people because there's like when you dub or subtitle an anime, there's there's a difference between sort of transliterating what they're actually saying in Japanese. And all, and then like translating it into things that feel natural in English, mm-hmm. and I am very much because some people just want the transliteration. They're like, "Give me exactly what they just said in Japanese," whereas I tend to prefer ones where they go in and they kind of not heavily. Like I don't want them like fucking with the vibe of what they're saying, but when they're like when they can take what they're saying and make them make it feel very natural yeah. for like English speaking audiences, I tend to prefer that. So I'd probably keep like meatball head and a lot of the, like I would keep like cultural localizations maybe closer to, to what they yeah. should have been in Japanese. Cause like I know in the Deke dub, they probably, there was a lot of stuff where like they, they probably localized a lot of Japanese cultural things to be like fucking jelly donuts. Like, yes, yes. <laughs> so yeah. a lot of that should be kept to what it is. But a lot of like speaking mannerisms. I'm a tra- tangent for a second. You got me going. Uh, I- <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so I've been watching. Uh, uh, I went back the. Oh, Trigon, yes. yes. But because I there's only so many episodes of Trigon, <laughs> I went and started rewatching uh the author's other anime that came out a, a few years ago um called Blood Blockade Battlefront. Oh. And I enjoyed the shit out of that series in in Japanese. Mm-hmm. But I've been because I was rewatching it while doing other things because it's a rewatch and I kind of already know what's happening. I switched it over to the dub and there's just a lot of like stuff that felt easier for me to both comprehend and like they would add like the characters are insulting each other and like in japanese they're saying one thing and it's like all right yeah yeah all right that's a, that's a funny insult but like when you hear it said uh, and they like make it work a little bit funnier in English. It's like, yeah, all right, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I'm I'm getting the vibe of it now more than I'm getting it from. So like I do enjoy when that sort of stuff is changed. That's a good example. So and also it's a fun show. <laughs> Blood Blockade <laughs> Battlefront Kekai Sensen. It's very it's very fun. Okay, I've never the heard of is... that one. It, it's a it. It's a a much less lesser known one, especially compared to Trigun, because Trigun's a classic. But mm-hmm. it's also not one that you can technically really read in English, so you just have to watch the show. Okay. Because it's based on his manga, but the uh, it it got translate the first part got translated into English by Dark Horse, and then Dark Horse just decided to not fucking sell it anymore. So good luck. Oh yeah. Fuck well, you. I've- I had a series that went like that, like halfway through. Just st- or actually, no, it was it was a Tokyo Pop one. The, the Tokyo Pop died. Oh no, Tokyo Pop! Oh, <laughs> oh. that's from the past. But yeah, so that's I, like, yeah, 
that I sorry I, I've been talking for ages. What do you think? Christy? No, no, no. I think I mean I think that pretty well covers it. I think I don't really have much to add. It's funny that you mentioned the jelly donut thing, which for the uninitiated, that was like a <laughs> it was from Pokemon, right? With a uh, yeah, they, they had the early the, Pokemon the, dubs. Onigiri. Yeah, the rice balls. Uh, they tried to act like they were a jelly donut instead of just like teaching <laughs> kids what an onigiri was. Yeah. Even though it looked fucking nothing like a jelly donut, and this nothing, actually, nothing um, like a jelly donut. It's well, there's the because like I think it was an onigiri with like a pickled plum inside, so it's like that's the jelly filled ones. All right, uh huh. <laughs> sure. It's actually. I like I had responded to to Mel and that was like one example that I gave her just uh yeah just the the that... bullshit of that <laughs> as much as I love that I we can do without those yes exactly keep keep things the way they are but localize turns of phrase mm-hmm. make things sound natural <laughs> yeah yeah the one example another one because now you got me going i'm, I'm going again <laughs> oh, i'm watching trigun obviously yeah. yes um and in the old 90s dub uh one character calls vash in in japanese i believe it's tongari which means spiky because his hair is spiky but in <laughs> in the manga they translate it to spiky um, mm-hmm. but in the show, in the nineties dubbed version, he calls him needle noggin, which is <laughs> just a very fun little, little, oh, uh, I love that. That's so much <laughs> little nickname and I love it. And then he, they, because they're doing stampede now, he calls him the same thing. And they, once again, they were like, no, we're fucking, we're fucking keeping needle noggin. Oh, good. We are calling him needle noggin in the subtitles <laughs> and oh, in the good. dub like he'll he'll switch back and forth between like blondie and like needle noggin and also needle and it's very cute and i love that a lot oh that's perfect i'm so glad they it's, kept that i'm so oh. yes it's thank it's you just... for keeping needle noggin that's such a <laughs> silly turn of phrase and i adore it 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 feels it's one of those things. It feels like it's I like iconic to the series. Like it has to be exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Anyway, well, thank you for coming to Bree's. Bree talks very animatedly about anime corner yeah, for the past yeah. ten minutes. Thank you, thank you, Mel, for writing in and giving Bree this opportunity. Yeah, thank you, Mel. Oh. <laughs> The uh, the last little bit to end off on is that we have some exciting news to share on the Ooh. podcast, Bree. Um, guess what, everybody? They have recently confirmed- Oh, yes! <laughs> I have recently <laughs> confirmed that Swan Princess Eleven is a go. It is- Oh, such swanderful news! Swanderful news! Um, oh my god, <laughs> this was such an exciting thing. Um, it's so funny, we were literally just talking about oh. this. Um. And I actually, I, so I found out through their YouTube channel, because again, their fucking newsletter that you sign up for. <laughs> Swan princess people. Um, oh. But I, I was actually checking their YouTube channel 
because Steve uh, and I just started chit-chatting and, uh, oh God, let me find it here. Okay. <laughs> so Steve, uh, he just messaged me. We we're just chit-chatting about the podcast and he said, I'll watch the remaining nine Swan Princess movies in reverse order with you and Brie, but only if you don't watch Swan Princess 11 until after we have seen Swan oh. Princess 1 together. And my response was, I mean, they haven't even mentioned if they're doing another movie, so that might be a safe deal to make. But then I had, <laughs> I, I, had, I had the thought, I had the thought, something in my brain was like, wait a second, wait a minute. And so oh. I, I very quickly, I went and I checked their YouTube account. And the very the most recent video is this just like a, a newsletter in a video about like the announcement that they're doing a Swan Princess Eleven. It's going to be a prequel, apparently. Which is um, wild because the first movie starts with them as kids, so um... Yeah. Well, I think I think they I think they kind of fucked up or they don't really quite understand what prequel implies because oh. in the video as they're giving this news, they are showing images of young Derek and Odette when they first met and hated each other. Um, oh. So I think that they they mean that it's going to be it's going to be a film starring Derek and Odette as younger kids. Um, okay, sure. Uh, and yeah, it's supposed to be like leading up to the events before the Swan Princess movie, before Odette became the Swan. Before Princess. there's even Swan Princess. Yeah. It's so, just princess. Super curious what that's going to be. Interesting. Um, yeah. I wonder if they're going to bring back Rothbart. I feel like... It, I guess they must. It must. Although that's going to be real fucking weird when you see Rothbart and be like, oh, that's the guy that when Odette is uh, legal, he tries to marry her. <laughs> You know, it's just going to be a little fucking weird. Um, Hopefully. Well, maybe they won't. Maybe it'll be a Rothbart-free zone. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Uh, but yeah, it's it's funny because I, I remember we, in the uh, Swamp Princess 9, we talked about how uh, we just weren't really sure where the series was going to go from here because it felt like they put themselves in a corner where now that they have aged up the kid characters... Mm -hmm. Now, now they weren't going to be able to tell kid-oriented stories, and I well, guess this is their solution. They found a way around that. They did. They're gonna Bambi too, this bad boy. Hell yeah! Oh, so Get that very exciting. Weird midquel. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. I guess this is the new era of Swan Princess movies. So boy, exciting. howdy! Oh boy, hooray! There there's no, as far as I could see, there's no, like, promotional material for it out other than just the name of the, uh, the new movie, which is gonna be, uh, The Swan Princess, A Fairy Tale is Born. Sure. <laughs> That's a good reaction. That's <laughs> sure. Fine, yeah, whatever. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. Ah, very exciting. So, oh boy, we thought we were done. We thought we were done. We've got. We've, I feel like we've got at least a year, though. We have some time to do some other non-Swan Princess. Yeah. Shit. Yes. <sighs> and I did not take that deal with Steve. I just want to emphasize that. <laughs> I was actually going to ask. I'm like, so did you make the deal? No, no. not again. No, 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 no. can't fooled again. 
no, yeah, fool me once. I very quickly, I very quickly uh, reported back to him, no, fuck everything. Um, they're making a Swan Princess Eleven. <laughs> oh, good. Excellent. Oh, and now S- Steve is trying to take credit because he thinks that he, like, cosmically. Oh, well, yeah. He made it happen, which maybe he did. He could have. He's a mysterious man with a lot of power, so he, it's very possible. He does have a lot of abilities that are poorly understood. Yes. Very He's much very so. powerful. But, yeah, so stay, look forward to that episode sometime in the future. Someday. Yes. But, but uh, for now, I, got, I gotta go. I gotta get some work done. <sighs> yeah, and I gotta go fucking pack and cry about packing. Uh, life is hard i want to go live with the fairies but not these fairies (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh come on goblin king Cherith, where are you all right come on Jareth. i'm waiting Fuck it, I just want a hut on the goblin city somewhere. Just leave me alone, and I'll just do my own shit. Ah, but that's that's story for another day. Anyways, I don't know how to end this. Anyways. If you want to visit us uh, on Twitter. Oh, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks oh for yeah, listening. do the thing. A uh, Twitter, uh, uh Bad Princess at... uh email badprincessmovies at gmail.com. Thanks again, the- Mel, for sending an email. Also, the catalog. Uh, BadPrincessMovies.com Thanks. Uh, we'll see you next time. Maybe we won't be so brain-scrambled, but probably <laughs> like, we will be. It's okay. Look, please. Well, you, it's, it's, we better not be, because next episode is your birthday episode, Bree. Oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> Get fucking hyped. I'm so excited. Hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you then. Have a lovely day. Have a a (laughs) wonderful day. Have a wonderful fucking day. Goodbye! Bye! (coughs) Oh, God. Oh, no. That bye hurt. Okay. We should we should just put this at the end after the ending credit music. <laughs> just our fucking just our wa- our warm up noises. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> what? <sighs> okay. All right.